right, we're on, dude. What's up? Hey, not much, man. It's good hearing from you. Dude, I have not heard or seen you probably since, what, 2005? Yeah, it's probably about 2004, 2005. I think uh, back when uh, 3-8, and uh, we got back from Haiti. Yeah, it was right before – yeah, because you didn't go to Iraq with us. You guys – most of your group got out before that, right? We, we were, I was in the group that, that left uh, 3-8, went over to 1-6. Yeah, and we deployed right. over to uh, Fallujah. Okay, that's right. Well, some of you guys did that, and then some of you guys went to, like, California or something like that to be part of, like, the uh, one of the training battalions over there or something like that. Oh, I was in that, too. So, okay. yeah, we left, went out to California, did the, 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 the role play thing, and then part of that group then went over to uh, 1-6 and deployed to Fallujah. So, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. that. I, didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was cool though. It was, it was it, both both of those were cool. So. Okay, all right, cool, man. Well, most of the people that are gonna be listening to this podcast probably know who we are, anyways. Mm-hmm. They don't have that many. Fa- I don't have that many fans yet. But uh, so once good. you go, once you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself, uh, you know, let us know who you are, what you've done, what you're doing, and what your uh, future plans are. Uh, so my name is Brian. I'm uh, from uh, Franklin, Indiana, just south of Indianapolis. Uh, after high school, I didn't really want to go to college, so I joined the Marine Corps. That's where you and I met. Uh, I had four years active duty with uh, did also with three eight. Then uh, got out for a little while, or then went to one six, like we had already talked. Um, got out of the Marine Corps and was a real. I, I sucked. I was a piece of shit, man. I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> uh, I couldn't keep a job. I just didn't want to. I didn't have that sense of belonging. You know what I mean? So uh, I actually got. I was at, I met up with another buddy that was also in the Marine Corps, uh, and we got drunk as fuck one night and called up one of his buddies he was in the Marine Corps with that was a National Guard recruiter, like, hey, we're fucking coming back, put us in. So we joined the Guard in uh, 08 and went to, like, one trail and uh, then we're going to Afghanistan with them. And it's night and day between... Record in the guard, man. It was, it was, uh, it was, you know, <clears throat> it was, it was good. It was the living conditions was a lot better. But um, you know, I've been, uh, been in the guard since '08, and, and uh, I came back from Afghanistan and didn't know what the fuck to do because you know I was just a grunt. You know, 0311 came in to to the guard as 11B, and then uh, I was like, I deployed for about six months, and our our medic overseas was in the recruiting battalion. Never thought in a million years I'm going to be a recruiter, but uh, here we are, fucking nine years later, and uh, I'm still in the recruiting battalion, so I'm still, still doing my thing. Well, it's funny that you mentioned, like, the living, like, the difference between, like, the Guard and the uh, Marine Corps, because, like, like you, uh, you remember Mark Guthrie? Yeah. So, yeah, me and Mark Guthrie, we got out, we got out of the Marine Corps, uh, and I was, I was having the same issue you were having. I was drinking too much. I was, I, I, oh, just, yeah. wasn't, I just wasn't on, like, a really right direction, so... Mark Guthrie, the worst person you want to come stay with you when you're doing horrible. He uh, he, <laughs> he, he, he came he came, stay, he came stay with me, and uh, we both kind of decided the same thing that hey, we got to get back in the fight, and so we uh, we decided that we we're going to join the army. Uh, of course, we we both did, and he uh, he went to like Fort Lewis. I went to uh, Fort Stewart, Georgia, and like I'm not going to say which one was better because I was definitely I had a lot more success in the army. Mm-hmm. And but there was both a difference. But like one of the things that you said was like the difference in living conditioning. Do you remember like uh, when you like when you came from like SOI, like at the boot camp SOI, and you went to that magical mm-hmm. and you came to like the magical place called the fleet? 
The fleet. Yeah. The fleet. Do you remember your you remember like your first day? I do remember. I remember that first weekend. We got like drug tested like three fucking times. It was crazy. Like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But uh, I do remember getting there. Um, and I remember they put me in a barracks way fucking far away from the company uh, area. Yes, sir. And, no, it was just it was it was awkward. But uh, no, I, yeah, I remember getting to the fleet. Well, I, I remember because you know when you when you go through like boot camp and you go through SOI, like it's just constant. You're just constantly getting your ass rid, and it's just you're, you're mm-hmm. ready. To, you're ready to get back to like somewhat like a normal life. And I remember like I, I couldn't wait to get this magical place called the fleet. And I remember like when I got when I showed up at like Third Battalion, Eighth Marines, and you went to from like the headquarters. And so they would send someone to you to come get you, and they'd walk you that long ass sidewalk that goes through, yeah. goes through India Company, uh, Lindy, yeah, uh, Lima yeah. Company. And I remember because you know I, I look like a boot. I got this brand new uniform on. I got my duffel bag on my back. I got this fucking ridiculous folder full of all the shit that I got from uh, boot camp and SOI. And I remember walking down that catwalk, and I remember uh, you know as I was getting closer to the, uh, like the whoever's barrack was, the first one that was there, the India India barracks. I just remember because it was like we got there on a Friday afternoon and it was like close to like, I guess, noonish time. And it was a half day for everyone. So everybody was already starting to get off by the time I got there. And I remember, you know, I was super excited about being a fleet. Right. I knew I knew my NCOs would be hard on me because everybody warned about that. But what I didn't know w- was this. Like when I got there, all of a sudden I started seeing like, like guys hanging off the Raptors, you know, hanging on the, on the catwalks. There's. They're screaming like I remember like one like they're looking at us like hey boot welcome to the fleet motherfucker some of them like hey looking good boot but just, just <laughs> screaming all these weird things to me and I remember like there's like a, a square wooden pit with dirt in it and motherfuckers are getting smoked there's a mm-hmm. there's like a crowd of these guys they're fighting going after it like just grappling and shit every single one of them, they're all a bunch of jack vicious tatty looking motherfuckers and every single one of them had something like scary to say to me. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like that, that whole walk down, like the only thing I can describe it was it looked like prison. Like, like instead of going to the fleet, <laughs> I went to a place called it was like a prison. Yeah. And so, I, no, go ahead. No, I, mean, I just remember like it was such a scary event. Like, cause I didn't, I didn't, I guess I was naive. I thought it was just going to be like, oh, you're going to get there, you're going to meet your COs, and you'll meet all your your battle buddies. But it was nothing like that. Like, I showed up on a Friday. Like, yeah. I walked down the catwalk. I got screamed at, yelled at, threatened. Everybody was just being super mean to me. And I got to, I remember I got down, finally got down to, to uh, Kilo Company's area. And, like, everybody was getting off work. Nobody really cared about us. Like, hey, here's your barracks. Be at work on Monday morning at this time. And I, I just remember, like, we got to our rooms. And everyone knew we were new. And throughout the whole night, like, everybody's drinking. You know, everyone's fucking off. And there were some guys who were nice to us. But the majority of the guys were fucking mean. That's a yeah. majority, majority. I remember, like, I remember, like, I was stuck in my room. They'd come in, they'd knock at all hours of night, be like, "Hey, boot, hey, boot, come on outside, hey, boot." And, like some guys would yeah. give me a beer, and then some guys would like, scuff me. Some guys, some guys would scuff me for drinking a beer with them. Like I, I had no friends, and the friends I thought I had, you couldn't trust them. You couldn't trust them. They turn on you in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We're, so whenever I got to uh, the fleet, our so I went to Second Platoon there, Kilo Company, and our guys, um, a lot of our guys were in uh, Turkey. So when I got there, it was kind of, it, it was a, a lot different experience. Uh, I did experience nights like, like, like you just talked about for sure. But, uh, you know, when we got there, we got to our room, everything was super chill. There's only like a couple of guys that were older. And 
the guys that kind of put in charge of us to, to, to kind of just get us together for like two weeks. We didn't know that they'd only been for like two weeks longer than us. Like they came in the same boot as we did. They just came from PI and we came from, from San Diego. And so, you know, for a while, these jokers are coming over and checking our room, like just being jerks. And we're like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? And it turns out to find out is like, he was in the same drop as us, and yeah. uh, like that third day, he's come on Thursday for field day to check our ship. We're just fucking laid up in our in our in our chairs, in our room. We bought an Xbox, and we're just sitting there drinking beer. He comes up to the room, and he's like, "Why the fuck aren't you cleaning?" And we're like, "Hey, fuck you! You either grab a beer or get the fuck out of here." And uh, that's, that's what it was. It wasn't even the NCOs who were uh, fucking us all night. It was th- like. It was your guys' fucking uh, peers. It was uh, yeah. it was all you guys have only been in. Like, you guys were only in like six months longer than me. And it, yeah, was, no. like, it was like PFCs and Lance Corbell that had no fucking idea. But throughout all those hours of the night, it was it was some guy like Rose running into my room, like butt-ass naked. He'd slap <laughs> me in the face. He'd slap me in the back of the head and fucking run out. Or, you know, just weird shit like that for like yeah. the whole weekend. I had, like, it, it, was, it was fucked up is what it was. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny you said that uh, about Guthrie. So uh, I had um, there for a while whenever I got, I was having issues, and uh, I don't know if you remember uh, Price, Ian Price, but he was having, yeah. So he moved to Indiana, and we lived together for a while, and he ended up marrying my cousin. And at the time, I joined the guard, and they were offering two thousand dollars for a referral. So I talked his ass into getting in the guard too. (laughs) He's still living here in Indiana. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Damn. Yeah. That was, that, was, that was a long time ago. That was almost tw- – if we would have all stayed in, we'd be coming up on retirement by now. Well, yeah. Yeah. I only got like four more years, man. I'm out. Uh, yeah, dude. Now, I, I got out – got out of the Army probably about five years ago on like a knee injury, but mm-hmm. I'd be almost done, almost retired like two or three more years. Yeah, I just picked up uh, E8 this past March. So, you know, I'm, I'm on, I'm on that, uh, that glide path out. Oh, bro. yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, well, this is a, uh, a podcast about dad, so I got to hear about the kids, man. Look, you got a bunch of them. Yeah, so I got three biological. Uh, my oldest is 10. His name is Leo, and uh, he's the smartest little little shit you can you can, you can have asked for. And then we got Max, who uh, he's seven, just turned seven, and has just the biggest heart you could ever imagine, you know. And then uh, Jet, who's my youngest, and uh, he's four. And uh, he's just he's just a little spitfire man, just constantly getting his ass whipped by his older brother. So um, it's fun. But uh, we, we know, what makes our family unique is we also have uh, my niece and nephew that lives with us, and uh, Dominic. He's uh, nine, and then we have Kyra, who's the only girl in the house other than my wife, uh, who is six, about to turn seven. So. Uh, it's a, it's a busy house, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's busy. We're cramped and, uh, but you know, we're making it. So, so, so you said the two that you, you kind of adopted. Yeah. I mean, not legally, but you know, we tried to do this last year too. So, uh, it's been a, it's been a, a while. Their mom's, you know, she's one of those, she's not the most responsible. Uh, yeah. you know, she never takes responsibility for her own actions and uh blames everybody else and uh you know she's fucking lazy so yeah. it's not the recipe for being a good parent you know what i mean like when you're yeah. a parent those kids got to come first regardless of what you want yes, and you know hey everyone wants to fucking sleep in but that's not what life is so um yeah they lived with us last the beginning of last school year too and we did it just to kind of help out she's got four kids Jeez. we got two of them and uh my mother-in-law and father-in-law i'll keep the other two and we were doing it to help her while she was uh, 
working. And, and then I found out and that, that she wasn't working. And she was just sleeping all day. And we were taking care of the kids. I'm like, fuck that. You need to have to go get her kids. And, you know, uh, she needs to raise her own kids. And she's not going to be working. Which, at the time, uh, is how I felt. But it... Looking back now, I kind of feel bad about it, you know, because they're, they're good kids, man. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> so on fall break last year, she got the kids back, and she kind of kept them there with her. And it got so bad, like she just wasn't taking them to school. CPS was getting called. Cops were coming to the house to make sure these kids are going to school and stuff like that. And uh, it, is, it is bad. So going into this school year, uh, we took them back just to, to help out and you know at the time of the beginning of the school year nobody had talked to her for like a month or two and so we took them in and they're doing really good now you know they're, they're, they're back in school and I got dominant playing football with my kids and uh, everything's good so um, as far as they're concerned uh, it's been difficult the past week week and a half uh, you know they found out their dad passed away uh, uh, about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, Damn. and they, they, we just, you know, my wife took him to the funeral today, and uh, so it's been it's been difficult because you know I think all kids need uh, stability, right? And, and you know, with everything going on in their life, their mom, you know, she's in jail right now. You know, she wasn't even there today. So, uh, just trying to give them a stable home is something I feel is important. And going into it this time, is it's more of a, I've changed my mindset. It's not that, hey, I'm just doing it to help them out. Like, I feel like right now it's, we're doing it to make them good human beings. You know what I mean? Like, they need to go to school. They Because they, if you give them stability and, and structure, like, they will grow up to be great humans. And that's right. all we can ask. You know what yeah. I mean? So, so yeah, that's what we're doing, and uh, it's fun. Now, are, are, they, are they aware of everything that's going on? Are they are they are they at age where they're kind of they kind of they, they know? Uh, Dominic Dominic does. He you know he still holds on to that hope of uh, you know my my mom. She says she's gonna come pick me up and take me right. to do this. You know, and but you know I think eventually he's starting to kind of see that she doesn't always fall through. Uh, yeah. Kyra she she doesn't get it yet. You know right. what I mean? So so it's difficult we've had to have those difficult conversations that you know a parent should have but uh, we're willing to step in and uh it's been good so far so so this is looking like a more like a long-term thing huh um and that, that's what's funny you know my mindset's changed this time coming into it because like i would like for it to be a long-term thing right so uh, you're, you're, set, you're set in stone like this is something that you want that you're, you're taking ownership of Yes, absolutely. You know, because you know, last time it was just able to help her out for a little while, and she's gonna she's gonna get her shit together, and she's gonna take him back, and everything's gonna be good. And now I see that's not gonna happen. And now, yeah, coming into this one, it's yeah, I'm owning it, and I've changed my I've changed my thought process on it, and I'm excited about it, and I'd like to see how we're able to help help them. You know what I mean? So right. and we're kind of raise them as our own. Okay. And so you you say you got the older one, right? You're saying he's playing football but now? Yeah, he's a stud too, man. He's, yeah. he's good, yeah. How, yeah. how old is he? He's nine. He's in the fourth grade. Nine, okay, in the fourth grade. Jeez. So yeah, yeah I, I saw I saw a video of him. He's he's kinda like he's kinda built like you, like built like a shit brick house. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. we're not gonna be tall, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So but, I mean, 
you get, you get, you get the football player, like sort of, sort of one of the other things. Like what are these kind of activities? Because you got a lot of kids, man. You got to figure out like you got so much shit going on. How do you figure out what to do with all like what kind of activities you got going on? How do you make enough time to, to have that many children? Man, my wife holds it down. I got a lot of you. My wife is a saint, and she fucking keeps it all together. Cause I work a lot. You know, I'm uh, I'm in the recruiting town. We work all Sunday, and uh, you know, I have 19 recruiters that I'm in charge of making sure they're doing what they need to do. Now, <clears throat> my wife, you know, I she kind of just, you know, at work, I give the orders. I, I come home, but hey. She, you need to be here. This dude needs to be there. This dude needs to be there. She needs to go there. And I need it done like at this time. I'm like, Roger that. You know what I mean? And, uh, but, you know, we have something every night. And, we, you know, that's partly, partially on us. You know what I mean? Like we put them into stuff. I, I grew up playing sports. And uh, I think it's important just from a, um, I think sports and stuff like that is important to them just from a um, social aspect and stuff like that. So, uh it's yeah my wife holds now <laughs> yeah do what i hear the gang now yeah they just walked in so uh the oldest one was at a birthday party and uh so but it's all good yeah so did you always think you're gonna have was it something you always wanted was a big family no we were done it too bro yeah we were done it too and then uh uh slip one past the goalie so yeah, it yeah. it's all good but no, it's 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 weird, and uh, no, not I mean not really, but I mean, I'm, I'm not opposed to it, you know. So, yeah. so you know, with all these kids, like when you look back on your childhood, what do you see like the biggest difference with what you were doing, what your parents were doing, you, and kind of what you're doing with your kids now? Uh, you know, so like for me, you know, my 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 dad died when I was seven, so I was raised by a stepfather. And, um, you know, so coming in, uh, it's important for me to be there for my kids, uh, you know, growing up and my stepfather was awesome. Like he was always there. He, you know, him and my mom never missed, missed a, a football game, wrestling match, nothing. And I wrestled a ton, uh, all over the fucking place. So, um, you know, I was, I was, I wasn't really a mischievous kid or nothing like that. I I'd always tried to to follow the rules and things like that. But, uh, you know, it was, it, I mean, nowadays there's just a lot more that, you know, you have to worry about and scary. And, you know, I, you know, growing up, we didn't go to like daycare or nothing. We just, you know, my mom taught gymnastics you know what I mean? And so we just go with her to gymnastics. And we thought we hit it big when she married my, my stepfather, who's a teacher. So, you know, we didn't we didn't have a lot growing up. Uh, and, and we were just always with my mom. So, like, we never really had we, – we always had a lot of supervision and stuff like that. So uh, now I think, you know, it's, it's similar. Like, I don't let my kids go <laughs> do a lot without supervision. You know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. But yeah, it's um, I don't know, man. That's that's a tough question. What about you? I mean, how do you how, how do you see it different? Uh, well, my my childhood was a little bit different than yours. Like, I come from like a, a divorced family. Um, my mom was a hair beautician, so she had to work most days. Uh, my dad was in the Air Force; he had to work most days. So there's a lot of times that we and my brother we were kind of like we were left alone t- to ourselves. 
at a very young age. It was weird. Like we look back, like in, like the early nineties, back when I was like you know ten, eleven. Like we were, we were really we were home alone without adult supervision. It's crazy for me to think about that because I won't let my kids. I'm like you. They, they're never alone. Like like mm-hmm. I'll leave them. Long, I'll leave them home long enough to go get a you know go to the grocery store and get some groceries. Maybe maybe or I'll take them with me. Just it depends on how I feel that day and what I saw on the fucking yeah. news that morning. Um, but yeah, <laughs> the the biggest difference is that uh, I. Me and my, my ex-wife, we're more of a presence in our kids' lives than what our parents were. Our parents, you know, unfortunately, whatever happened, like, they had to work, and like, times were different, and, and I guess they felt comfortable leaving us alone at the house a lot more than I feel with my kids, but, you know, but you know, just like you, I just, I, I feel like I'm a little bit more present, and I'm also a little bit more, I guess, uh, financially stable. I have my uh, my wife that I have now, which, you know, she's, she's, she is the rock. She's the one that holds the family together, mm-hmm. but... I'm able because of her. I'm able to be a better father, and uh, to, to do the things that I can, you know, to be there for my kids, especially when they're up here. Because mo- most of the time my daughters aren't up there. Most of the time my daughters are down in uh, Florida with their mom. Uh, now I'm a stay home dad. Uh, I oh. hang out. I, I hang out with a, a one year old every day. You know, we wake up, we do the, we do, we do the damn thing every day now. So it's a, it's a big difference uh, than when I was growing up, but it works. You know, and I, I don't really think it's my parents. It's just, it's just the way things went down. Uh, the world seems, you know, there's a lot more, um, we know more now because of, like, you know, the internet. Like, we know, we're a little bit more aware of how dangerous the world is. So, my kids don't get left alone the way I was left alone uh, to do things. So, I saw uh, this morning. It's funny. So, I knew I was coming, and I saw a video this morning, and I saw a lady just walk up to two random people to, that would have their kids in their hand and, like, stab their kids in the face. Dude, it's funny that you fucking mentioned that because I saw, I saw that same video, too. Like, I, I'm a gun owner. And uh, I have my uh, concealed carry, yeah. but I haven't carried my, I haven't carried my gun. You know, I, I usually, I used to carry a, a Glock 4.3 with me all the time, but I quit carrying for like a year. Cause I guess I got like comfortable and I was feeling safe. And I saw, it's funny you mentioned, I saw that video fucking yesterday, last night. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it showed, it showed that 51 year old woman cut that boy's face and try to go out the other kid. And then that, that father, that father, he did a fucking horrible job trying, oh, trying yeah. to get. I'm <laughs> Like he, he did not. I would, like, I, I would. I would like. I don't care if she had a knife or not. I would have took that motherfucker in the gut and and, and eaten her face off or something. But he he did this like weird weird drop. I don't know, weird kick and then like ran away like surrendered. I'm like, all right, that was some beta shit right there. But like, I swear, I swear to God, I woke up this morning. I called my father in law and he he owns like uh he owns like 12, 14 acres up north and. I went today and I, I shot all my pistols and made sure I was good to go. Cause <laughs> if, if, if some fifty-one year old, yeah, some fifty-one year old with a butcher knife tries to cut my kid's face, I'm gonna shoot her right in the face. No, I'm, so. going to jail. I'm going to fucking jail. Yeah, going to jail. But, uh, you know, the thing with kids now, they have so much more access than than we did. You know what I mean? And I think I think a lot of that has to do. Obviously, the internet and and social media and stuff like that. Because back whenever, yeah, I mean, I, I was born in '82, so we, you know, if the shit I did in high school got caught on camera, like, you know, it'd be a lot, my my childhood may have been a lot different. I don't know. Yeah. And it was my oldest. He, he asked for a uh, phone for his tenth birthday. A lot of his buddies have phones and stuff like that. It was like a month long conversation of whether or not. <laughs> we should, uh, you know, give him a phone. And you know, my wife, she always checking to make sure that you know he's not on some weird social media or nothing, nothing like that. And um, it's just you have to be constantly present because yeah. of all. 
you know what I mean? And I hate to do that because, you know, parenting, you never know if you're fucking doing it right, right? Right. You know what I mean? My gauge and how well I'm parenting is if my kid gets invited somewhere and he doesn't get invited back, I may be raising an asshole. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the more my kid gets invited back, hey, maybe the better I'm doing. I don't know. But, uh, you know, you just constantly, you know, is that going to stunt their just growth as a human with us constantly being around? I don't know. But I also want to, you know, I feel a job as a parent is to, to make them my number one priority and and for their just well-being and safety. And that's, I, I feel like that's part of it just because of the way society is now. Well, I feel also like, like when I was growing up, like, like we had, like my parents gave me like way too many options. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel, and what I'm doing a little bit with my kids, like we've kind of taken away a lot of their options. It's not that we just take them away. We just didn't make them aware of what a lot of the options are. Cause, cause I mean, as a kid, you don't really know like how to make all these like big decisions, like social media. I couldn't imagine trying to like live my like high school, like middle school, whatever elementary school years with something like social media, like, having that much data, having that much, like, dude, my, 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 my fucking little brain could not handle that <laughs> shit. You know what I mean? Like, seriously, like, I mean, mm-hmm. I remember... Like, seriously, you gotta think like you get the middle school, you get like your, let's just say you get your first boner when you're in like middle school, right? And all of a sudden you have you have your your little cell phone or your little tablet, you have access to all this weird porn and all this all like you don't need that kind of access to shit. Life, no, is, you compl- don't. Not, life is complicated enough with that fucking that never ending boner you got. Like you don't need that shit in your life. You don't need you don't need with the porn you have access to. Yeah, you don't you don't need that shit. Yeah, and you know and just um. So like I'm like you, I never really, I, don't, I haven't given my kids uh, access to the uh, the internet. I haven't given them access to, you know, a lot of things. I don't let them, like like, like when they go to the mall, I don't let them just wander off in the mall by themselves to go, do, like they, no. and it, and they don't even think to ask either because I've never allowed that to be like an option. Right. Um, you know, so, so I, I don't give them a lot of choices. Not that I like, like maybe yeah, maybe I'm holding them back from stuff, but I'm also protecting them because. You know, things could have been a lot worse for me. I think a lot of times, a lot of us were just really lucky that things turned out the way they did. Things could have turned out a lot worse than what they did, you know, yeah. back when I was a kid. Like, I'm lucky. I'm lucky that... Uh, yeah, I think back to some of the decisions I made as a kid, most in high school and stuff like that. And, like, you know, it was so close from, like, being really bad. Like, really, you know, really bad thing could have happened. Like, one small decision, one small left turn, something like that, you know how bad it could have ended up. And, you know, back then we were ignorant to the, to that fact. And especially raising, you know, four boys. And I felt like I was a pretty good kid. Uh, and I still made some really questionable decisions looking back on it now that, uh, you know, just trying to keep them to where they make a good, responsible decision. And I feel like the best way to do that uh, is to be completely transparent with them and not hide Stuff from, you know, because I got friends that I grew up with that their parents just tried to shelter them from everything. Like, hey, you know, you don't drink, you don't do this, you don't do that, you don't yeah. do this, you call me at this time. And what did they do? They did all of those things and then hit it all. And it ended up really, you know, some of them are still fucked up to this day. And I think just, you know, telling the realities of if you make this choice, this could be the outcome. Or yeah. if you do this, this is what's going to happen. Are you willing to deal with that? And, uh, you know, hopefully over the years, though, you know, knowing what the outcome will be based off whatever decision they make potentially, um, 
how it'll affect them, and hopefully they make the choice to to make the right decision. Well, that, that's kind of where I'm at with my daughters. Like, I don't I don't feel like it does good to tell them that they they, they can't really necessarily do things or say no, no, no. Because the thing is, is like, especially when you're thinking about things like you know, drugs, sex, drinking, and all this stuff, it's like it's not like those things are boring. Okay, mm-hmm. it's, it's not like those things are. I mean, I can sit there and tell my kids, like, how horrible they are. But the truth is, they're really fucking fun. Really- <laughs> yeah, and, and it's going to happen. You and, and, go- yeah, it's like, I, I love my daughters to death, and I want them to do everything right. I want them to, to wait till they meet that special guy and get married mm-hmm. when they're 35, to have sex for the first time. And I want them to wait till they're, like, functional adults, like, in their, you know, late 20s, to drink their first beer and <laughs> maybe smoke their first. But the, but the truth is, all sex, drugs, rock and roll, all that shit is fucking fun. And if they're anything like their dad, they're they're going to be drawn to that shit in their high school years. And so I don't really yeah. think it's like to like say, hey, no, don't do this. It's like I think the best thing that and, and me and my ex-wife were working on this with our kids. Like we're just not necessarily trying to tell them not, not what to do and how to live their life, but more like here's the consequences of it. Like you can mm-hmm. do whatever like you're, you're going to do whatever you want, but there's going to be consequences. Like one, like if you if you're going to go party, you're going to drink and do drugs. Understand, like if you get caught, me and your mom don't have a lot of money. We might not be able to bail you out of jail. We might not be able to, 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 to fix these problems that, you know, you do something, you, you fuck up one time, you drink and drive and kill someone. I might not be able to save you. I, I, don't, I, I don't have, like, that kind of pool to be able to, 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 like, erase that kind of a mistake. And so you could ruin your whole fucking life, you know, with one bad decision. I think that's kind of, that's kind of my approach to it. It's like, yeah, I'm going to try to stop it, but I think the biggest thing, I'm going to try to educate them on more, like, what are the consequences that could happen, like, and, and to really, like, think of things, I guess, logically or rationally, especially mm-hmm. you know, and when, you're, when, you're, when you're going through that whole decision-making process, like, try to look like it, you know, what, what's, what's, the, what's the worst thing that can happen, and do, do I really want that in my life? Yeah, absolutely. So, sorry, Max, is, he's trying to tell me secrets behind the camera here about... Creeping. What I'm doing right, what I'm doing wrong. So, no, it's, uh, yeah, it's 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 a it's a balancing act in how how to raise kids. So, hey, I have a question for you, actually. So, you know, I've only ever had boys, and we recently just had a, a girl in the house. I mean, she's been in and out for a while now, but you know, she's young. But like, what's the like going forward when you're talking about how to raise a girl and stuff like that? What's what's what's, what's some advice you could give me as far as what? Like, I don't know anything. Just raising a girl. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I, I didn't do a very good job when my girls were young. Um, I was that, I was that traditional, um, you know, deadbeat army dad. You know, I'd work hard, play hard. I'd come home instead of being like the whole father. I'd come home, drink beer, mow the lawn, and, you know, hold them for a second. They're going back to their mom, barely change diapers. So I didn't really get, like, my shit together until was, my daughters were probably, I don't know, probably like, five years ago so but even then mm-hmm. only i've only saw him like twice a year so i wasn't really much of a like a, a heavy hand back now though now like my my oldest is 12 or almost 12 my and my young my youngest daughter is almost uh 10 and we have a we have a fuck we have an awesome relationship i like they came up this awesome. last summer i took them to like the blink way two concert uh little wayne was there which was fucking weird nice. that's where yeah, it, was, awesome. it was it was weird because we were, we were sitting in the the crowd because I, I bought a about like close-up close-up seat tickets or whatever mm-hmm. and you know it's, it's little Wayne and Blink Wayne too, and next thing you know, like my, my daughter starts smelling something really weird, and I'm like, and she's like, "What's that, Dad?" I'm like, "Uh, that's marijuana." <laughs> yeah, you got something. Well, no, I, I told her because she's like, "Oh, my, it's marijuana. That's bad." And then I'm like, and "I'm like, uh, well, it's it's 
it's not really bad. It, it, it's, it really? it's uh it's it's decriminalized up here. Oh, okay. And, right. and all that, but you know, some some people I know off the record partake in a little bit of marijuana. <laughs> so um you know, so like you know, like having to explain to her exactly yeah, this is what marijuana it's not as bad as whatever makes it, you know, like having to explain it's weird because like when I was young and my parents found marijuana in the back of my truck. My my dad accused me of smoking crack, and I'm like, oh whoa whoa, dad, I haven't, I, I haven't quite gotten that far in my drug use. <laughs> right, right, right. Give me another fun. But you know, but to like, you know, make it simple. I, I, now it's like I'm more involved, and I'm more aware of like what's going on, and like I'm not afraid to talk to him. So it's it's like things. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, and this is gonna sound kind of gross to most guys, but like my my daughter, my oldest daughter came up here. And she was feeling crampy. She was feeling she had a migraine. She had all these things. And, and I'm, I'm a paramedic, so I kind of know. Like I'm like, and she's 12, and I'm like, I'm like, look, so it's, Presley, like, it's like, huh? I'm, I'm like Presley. It's okay. Like, do you understand what your period is? And she's like, yes. I'm like, look, if you're having, it, it's no big deal. It's not that. Like, I got you. Like, if I gotta go to the store, we'll go to the store. You know, if you right. talk, if we need to talk to my wife, we'll talk to my wife. She's like, no, Dad. If it's I'm not <laughs> have my period, but you know, but like, it's like opening up conversations like that. You know, and. You know, we've, we've talked about all kinds of things. You got to. You got to talk to him about, like, because that's the next big thing. What's the next big thing? Like, she's she's going to start – I mean, damn, she came up here this year, and, like, she had boobs. <laughs> and, and, and not only that, my youngest one had boobs. And I'm like – you know, and it hit me out of nowhere. It, it was like a, you know, like a reality check. You know, like a kick in the dick. But that kick in the dick where, like, it's so hard that you want to throw up. Mm-hmm. They just came out of nowhere. I saw them like last June, and they were still like my little girls. And they came up this summer or like like July, and I'm like, I'm like, holy shit, you guys are young women. Like, so, so how often do you get to see them? Like, uh, they, well, I definitely see them every Christmas. Sometimes we see each other, like little spouse between here and there. But they always come up for like the month of July. So for a whole month, I get them. So, but Man, it's uh, be, right, yeah, it's rough, but it's. Like we have such a good relationship with uh their mom me and my wife too that like we could see them anytime that we wanted to. It's it's not it's it, a lot of people have it worse. Like a lot of people they make like yeah. they make things a lot harder than what they are. Would I like to see them on a daily basis? Yeah, but you know we call each other all the time. We do the Skype thing, so it, it's not as bad as what it could be. So. Yeah, I've always thought about that because you know I, me and my wife have been together for all of our kids, and I always feel like that'd be so so much harder than. And, you know, there's sometimes I'm like, fuck, God, these kids are driving me crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then, like, they're gone for an hour. I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I wonder what they're doing. So I've, I've, I've always, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate in the fact that we don't have to deal with that. But I, I, I applaud you on, on, on being able to, to, to work through and have a good relationship because that would be, I feel like that would just be so tough. Yeah, I mean, no, it, I wouldn't, I'm not going to ever say it's easy, but it's, it's functional. It's not like it's uh, – yeah. You know, like I hope we'll find out in like five years. I don't think it's like those, I don't think it's like one of those situations where we're gonna like resent me for not being there. You right. know, like like my 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 ex wife. We I know she doesn't bad mouth me. I know that whenever there's a situation, I get called and you know I I'll help work through it if I need. You know, if that's what I'm supposed to do. But you know, but I don't know. It's I I know what it could have been. Like I remember like growing up and my dad living all the way. Like I lived in Florida and my dad lived all the way in Delaware, and uh, we might have seen each other once a year for like christmas or something but it wasn't like a it wasn't like a because like i have it so good that we built traditions like my girls come up here for every christmas they come up here we go up to this log cabin that my uh my in-laws have and you know that's the tradition we do it every year and then you know then we, we try to sneak little holidays in between here and there um yeah so it's 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 like i said 
I could complain about it, but I'm not going to because I definitely have it better than a lot. Yeah, I have a lot better than what some guys do. So that's good, man. That's a good outlook. Well, seriously, I could have been one of those guys who married like a psycho ex bitch. You know what I mean? Like one of those, one of those chicks. All they want to do is take you for everything you're worth and still not let you see your kids and use you your know, kids against you. Use your kids against you, and you got to go to you're going to court every two years to try to fix the uh, whatever the uh, custody thing, so you could say hi to your kid or have them without a <laughs> you know supervision. You know, so I don't know. It's been pretty good. Been pretty good. So, I don't know, man. Thirty-six minutes. You got what else you want to talk about? I mean, I got. I could talk forever. We could always do it. You know, we could always save some stuff and do it again, yeah. or you know, we could we could keep going. It's all up to you. Yeah. So let me ask you. So, uh, we when when did you deploy to Afghanistan? Uh, so I joined the guard. No wait. I went to like two drills. I was like, oh fuck, I may have fucked up. You know what I mean? Like come from active duty, uh, but. I joined. I went to Afghanistan uh, in all of 2009. Okay. So we're in province. I'm on Fob Salerno, which is kind of the uh, eastern part of Afghanistan. And were you? Are you? Were you like infantry, or were you? Yeah. So yeah, I, I was 0311 in the Marine Corps, and then uh, I just whenever I joined the Guard, I was 11 Bravo. So I was infantry. So I was actually with an agricultural development team because uh, I guess Indiana is close to the same type of. Uh, uh, weather and environment as host province, Afghanistan, okay. something like that. I guess. I guess. I guess. <laughs> I'm a fucking grunt. Who the fuck knows? But uh, so our job, we were the security detachment to take like some of these agricultural specialists out to these different uh, farmers and stuff in host province. And basically our job was to get them to you know make their lives better where they no longer have to like grow poppy and rely on the Taliban. Or Al Qaeda yeah. to, to 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 grow poppy and sell poppy and stuff like that. So okay. it was cool. It, was, uh, it wasn't nearly as uh, action packed as my deployments in the Marine Corps, but oh, it man, was still. Uh, I was unemployed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was great. Now we went to Haiti and went to uh, Okinawa together, right? Is that our big deployments that we did together? Yeah, and Bahrain from ha- from from Oki. From Oki, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I tried to tell my friend, like, dude, how fucked up was Haiti when we went there? Dude, I remember, I was, I, was, I tried to tell people, like, especially the people in the guard, like, living conditions. That's, like, that's exactly what I want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, so whenever I went to Afghanistan with the guard, like, we had our own little huts. Like, I had my own room. And, like, I in, in my room. Like, I could Skype home and shit yeah. like that. Where in the guard, or in the Marine Corps, like, Haiti, we didn't get to talk to anybody. Like when we first got there, God, it was so bad. We were in port, and we were there. For, I don't know. We were there like six months, something like that. I don't even remember talking to anybody back home till like we moved to the cigarette factory like four months in. But we lived at the port where they like just stacked Connex boxes. We didn't live in the Connex boxes. They're the Connex boxes, like you know what I mean? Like it's like Legos or like, yeah. uh, and then we just. And it's rain every night. Yeah. And there are like five foot gaps between the, the, the convex boxes and the in the uh in the roof. So you're like guys like sleeping together just to not get wet. What I remember is that we were on that uh was that ACM alert or what was it called? Before we went, like uh ACM. 
So yeah. Anyway, anyways, that week, that 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 week that we left, that we were actually supposed to come off it and go home for like I don't know Christmas break because we missed Christmas. We missed. We were oh, we had to rest and run fucking security patrols around a bald eagle's nest. Yeah, we were we were supposed to come off AC whatever that that whole alert thing. We were supposed to come off it, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, we're going to the range." So we went to the range, and they're like, "Okay, we might be going to Haiti, but as of right now, we're not going." And so we we do we we signed papers to go on leave. We signed fucking yeah. papers to go on leave. We we're supposed to go on leave, and then they're like, "No, we're going to Haiti." And I remember we landed in Haiti, and then I remember driving to the port of port of France to the ports. Yeah. And I remember driving around that dude. It was like, it was like Armageddon happened there. It was just like there was like, all the cars were. The buildings were like pretty much still smoking. There was everywhere. There was dead bodies everywhere. Fire everywhere. Yeah. And then like I remember like like you said like we had nowhere to stay. They put us in these connexes. We couldn't sleep in the connexes because it was so fucking hot. So they mm-hmm. stacked they stacked them on top of each other. And we lived on we lived on our uh, our, our cots. Cots. For, we lived on cost for like four months, and like people don't believe. Like when I say this, like I probably didn't have a real shower for four months. No, remember on the cigarette factory, there was like three showers for everybody. There's like fucking a fuck ton of us. Yeah, there's a whole battalion there. Yeah, and there's fucking line out the damn door, and the water was ice ass cold. Yeah, yeah I remember that's the longest I've ever been without a shower. Yeah, dude, like I told people, like I probably went like forty something days without taking a shower. Like we would, we would, we would keep it. It's been a month and a half without a shower. I'm good. We, we tried right. to do a we tried to do a bottle of water shower, but those like we didn't have enough bottle of water for everyone to take showers. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Oh shit, I, I could talk forever about Haiti, man. That's just yeah, that was crazy. But it was it was a nutty deployment. It wasn't supposed to happen. We were supposed to go home. <laughs> right, right, right. But you know, and what's funny when they called us back off that meeting, Price were at a strip club out the backside of fucking Lejeune, drunk as fuck. We were only supposed to leave. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, the day the day they said that, the, the day they decided that we were leaving, like most like all of us guys are weapons between. We went up to uh, Riley. We snuck out the Riley, even though we weren't supposed to. And we all got fucking shit faced, and then, yeah. and that's when we got the first phone call to get ready. So we had to drive the hour back. I don't remember this because I was blackout fucking drunk. In fact, I'm sitting there like I keep someone keeps waking me up like every hour on the hour like at the barracks, like tell me you got to get up. We're we're going to Haiti today, and like I had all these like senior like two weight NCOs or whatever. Like they were like they weren't going with us, but they they were constantly coming in like like slap me around trying to get me up, trying to get me down because I hadn't been to one formation. I missed like <laughs> the first formation at, like six. I probably didn't show up for like the uh, the formation till like ten. Uh, right. 10, o'clock, 10 o'clock in the morning, and then finally I realized, oh shit, I'm going to Haiti in a few hours. Right. But it, was a, it, was, it was a weird time, man. But yeah, man, I was at the strip club with the midget out the back gate, man. It was fun. <laughs> That's the time of my life. <laughs> oh, I miss those days. I miss those days. Yeah, no, All right, brother. Well, I appreciate the appreciate you talking to me tonight. I miss you. You look good. Uh, let's do this again sometime. Yeah, for sure, man. I got plenty more to talk about. All right, brother. You take it easy. You too.